Welcome to Look What She Built, where we show you examples of what an iconic woman leader looks like. I'm your host, Jamie Rowe, and I'm so excited to have you here. I created Look What She Built because I want to celebrate the bold, the brave, and badass women who are doing business in their own way. In this podcast, we're going to interview and celebrate these women business owners, as well as bring on experts that can help us dive deep on topics like sales, self-care, money mindset, and more. So let's dive in and show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Hello, everyone. This is Jamie Rowe from Look What She Built Podcast, and I have Sam Varner with me today. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm really good. Really good. Excited to be here. Oh, I love that. Sam, you've been on the show before. So this is like round two. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there'll be round three and round four. I think people should start getting jackets. Like they have, have you seen on Saturday Night Live, if you've been on more than like so many times, they said that yeah. like there's a jacket thing, like a smoker jacket. I like that. I'm here for that. Like, or we can get patches. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like Girl Scouts. Did your kids, were they in Girl Scouts at all? My kids weren't, but I certainly was way back in the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are the, I, I, I was not a Girl Scout, but I was a Girl Scout leader and I didn't realize how important those patches were. Very important. You have to get your sewing badge first so that you can actually learn how to sew all your little patches on there. Oh, I had to like iron them on for my daughter. I think maybe they'd they'd made an advancement since I was a Girl Scout. Like maybe they were like, oh, okay, let's just get the iron on version. Yeah, it's just a lot easier. (laughs) Well, awesome. Well, for people who don't know Sam, Sam, Sam to Sam. Yeah, it's that kind of day. For people who don't know Sam, um, let's do with an intro here. So without profit, business is just an expensive hobby. Sam Varner founder of Crush Profit Coaching, is on a mission to show business owners just how they can live live full and robust lives without building massively, while building their massively profitable businesses. Using her Crush formula, Sam takes her 15 years of experience in public relations, sales, and business development to teach driven entrepreneurs how to create wealth through business ownership. From speaking on stage, hosting her podcast, She Needs Grit, or mentoring at local universities. Sam is the ass-kicking profit coach for the driven entrepreneur. Sam, welcome to the show. That sounds very fancy. Thank you. Does sound fancy? You know what? I love that it says ass-kicking because I've actually had people say, Jamie, I want to hire you because I know that you're an ass-kicker. And have you ever had someone say that to you? Like, but yeah. I'm a gentle, like, it's like, I ask you first and you're cool with it. And then the ass kissing, kicking comes. And then like, I'm so glad you did that. Has <laughs> anyone ever said, that's why I'm hiring you? Yeah. Yeah. It's that, um, it's that accountability piece, right? And accountability can't always be gentle, gentle. Sometimes it has to be like, are you in or are you out? And so, yeah, people hire me all the time because they know I'm going to show up. I'm going to give it to you and you're going to then be able to take action immediately. Right. So yeah, Yeah. the ass kicking shows up more than once. (laughs) Right. And it's a good coach. I mean, anytime I've had coaches like, Hey, I used to play tennis and I'm like, okay, I think I've got my serve in. And my coach says, no, you're not done. Stay here for another 15 minutes and uh, let's get in 10 straight in a row 
Or in fact, let's get 20 straight in a row. And I'm like, oh God, I hate this so much. But <laughs> I know that it's the right thing to do. I know this is going to pay off, um, you know, my next match. So, right, exactly. All right. So let's talk about sales today. I know we don't, I don't always, I talk about so many different things on this podcast. Anyone that supports people who are looking to level up in their lives, level up in their business, grow their business, even people who are doing sales and maybe you don't have your own business, but you are leveling up. You know that you could be better in some area and maybe you're stuck with something right now. So I really want to talk about EQ and sales today. Mm -hmm. Sound good? Sounds so um, good. Because I think too, you and I both seen people where they're like, okay, I'm selling this thing. Here you go. Um, okay. So just buy it. Like <laughs> you just buy it. I did a post. Yeah. Why is no one buying? Or I talked to a person one time and why aren't they buying? So what do you see as probably like the biggest, what, why don't people buy if they just meet or have one post one time? Like what's going on here? Well, a hundred percent of the problem is that they don't have any faith in you yet, right? They haven't built, you haven't built rapport. You haven't built trust. So all they've seen at best, and we, we forget how infrequent people see the stuff that we put out because we're seeing it all day, every day. You're like, post, 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 do a story, post, send a podcast, do these things. And you're like, I talk all the time. The reality is your audience doesn't ever see even 50% of what you're putting out, best case scenario. So you think you've told them a hundred times, you maybe caught their eye once. And if it wasn't them sitting in a carpool line or being on a soccer practice or trying to cook dinner at the same time that they're scrolling their phone, you need a lot more FaceTime and you need to engage them in that way for them to go, oh yeah, I recognize her. I recognize them. And I understand the message and it's talking to me in the exact right moment. I'm actually seeking that thing. And we just, we're just eager, right? I think all of us building businesses or, or in sales roles want to close a deal, want to get a new client, want to make that sale. And we forget that we're not really on our own timelines on that. Yeah, sure. And also remember that um, we're not working with robots here. We're working with humans. Yeah, humans don't like uncertainty. And so in order to reduce the uncertainty is we need to build trust, mm -hmm. you know, and that doesn't happen in a phone call. It doesn't happen in one post. Oh, I see this post. Sure. I'll spend money on this one thing. I, I don't even know this person. So we yeah. really want to know who we're buying from people. We buy from who we know, like, and trust. Yeah. I mean, without, that's... without question, which is why if you are getting sales via referrals, it's so strong, right? Somebody that you know saying, hey, you should work with Jamie. She's amazing. They don't actually really even need to establish a whole lot of trust with you in that moment because their trust is actually coming from the person that's referring you. And we forget that piece. And I think we, in this day and age where we are so electronic focused and so social media focused, of which of course, it has massive value for our businesses, but it is the people who are your ambassador. If you can build a troop of ambassadors that are out there talking about you when you're not in the room, sharing their experiences with you and building you up that level of like, I don't know, created respect and created rapport before they've even met you goes so far. And I think we sometimes discount those 
methods of building our audience and of creating rapport with people is it's actually the relationships that are in our circle of influence that then go out in the world and help bring it way farther than we can on our own. No, that is so true. A hundred percent. And can I share a real life story of that? Yes. So that I can be, yeah. okay. So you are hundred percent right. I had this buyer. So when I had my distribution company for natural pet products, in the US, I really want to work with this big chain. And it was a big chain, not gonna use any names. And let's just say the buyer's name was what's a good name? Bob. No, it was a woman. Oh, it was a woman. Okay. So then let's call her Amelia. Amelia. Oh, that's a nice name. Amelia. I really wanted to get in front of Amelia. She was not responding to my emails, my voice messages nothing. I couldn't get a hold of this lady. And I'm like, I want to be in these stores and I know our products would be great because I knew there's a gap in what they offered. And I could fill that gap beautifully. I was at the right price point with all my vendors. So what I did was I found out who worked with her, like the other vendors. And then I told them I wanted to meet with Amelia. And then I told how much, you know, all the stuff, like wh why I want to meet with her, all the stuff. So I basically built this circle of people around her, like a fire circle around her, everyone she worked with. And I got in front of them and I made friends with them. Yep. And I continued to email her and I gave her, I wasn't bothering her. I was actually, I didn't think I was, I was giving her like, Hey, I saw this, this is relevant to this, you know, things that were of value. And yep. one day months down the road, this was like six months. I worked on this. One day she emailed me, she goes, for crying out loud, all I do is hear about you, Jamie this, Jamie that, from Jamie, from this person and that, let's just have a meeting. I went and had that meeting, totally killed it. Sometimes I hate using that term, but like we connected and we were just, we had the best relationship, but she wouldn't yeah. have given me that opportunity unless I had built the fight, the loving fire circle around her. And it was yeah. like the best ever. We had a beautiful relationship that whole time that I had that business. So, and that trust, so that trust transferred from the people she was already working with. Yes. Yeah. That was a big deal. It took a lot, it took a lot of work, but it was so worth it in the end. Yeah. And I think if you start to think of that strategy, so if everybody listening thinks like, okay, how does that apply to my business? Right. How, how could I create that for myself? Who is Maybe it is who is that big whale client of theirs that they're like, okay, I've been going about this differently. How could I use that strategy to get in front of them? Or how do I create more of that in my business on a smaller scale, right? And it's it's talking about like, it takes a while to create this trust. And I think going back to that eagerness of the sale immediately, you have to spend the time planting the seed, planting the seed, watering the seed, replacing the seed when it dies in case any of you are gardeners like I am, right? Start again, start again. Wait, buyers are dying? Wait, what does <laughs> Buyers, plants, you know, all the things. Just my phone <laughs> garden, guys, it's fine. But it's, it's that, right? It's like just strategically making these moves with no expectation of immediate result, right? And understanding that it, it will come back to you. It, it will work. It's just, you have to do it frequently enough with enough different locations, enough different people that then you start to see the return on that investment of time and stuff for you and the building of massive trust. When people are saying you do need to have that meeting. Hey, have you heard of her? She's amazing. 
all of a sudden they think, oh, I'm missing something. Everybody else I know knows this person and I don't. Now I need to engage. And yeah. they're already halfway down the sales track at that point, right? So, so great. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I was going to just say like, that's the best part is you are halfway to close and you haven't even had the conversation yet. Yes, absolutely. And so that that's beautiful trust part. So let's talk about the audience. Let's talk about who you know you're building rapport with. So what do you see happens with clients that you've worked with um, and maybe some of kind of like struggles that they have where how to build rapport and knowing who you're selling to, because that matters quite a lot. So what do you see there? I think what I've learned even just in my personal business is how much I need to automate these things, or I need to put them on a reminder schedule. We anticipate that we're going to be better at remembering to keep in touch with people than we are especially when it comes to like beyond our circle of like friends and family and people that we inevitably touch base with. And it is the repeated touch points with somebody in all sorts of different ways that creates that over time. So building yourself out a system where it's using your CRM, using your database, not putting business cards in the bottom of your bag and forgetting to do anything with them and not putting them into your electronic management system. If you don't have that, making sure that you start. And it can be a very straightforward system. It can be an Excel spreadsheet at the beginning. It doesn't have to be some fancy CRM, but it is, how have I talked to you? What do I know about you? How can I have that conversation moving forward to the next conversation? And keeping those notes makes all of us feel special right? When people remember what's happening in your life or that casual thing you mentioned, you've, you've already felt warm towards them, right? You remembered that my kid plays soccer. You remembered that my life is chaos. You remember whatever. That means something to me as a person, which means we're establishing that trust and establishing that rapport right at that game. So I talk to clients a lot about that of just how well are you managing the people you meet? Or is it the action? Does the action feel like it's check? I met a new person, check. I had a conversation and then that's, then they evaporate into dust and you don't do anything with them because you're always on the chase for new bodies. That's what I see a lot of people doing wrong. Yeah. And that's so cold. It is. And you can, people know it. Like I know people have tried to sold me, sell me things in the past, especially when I'm in distribution company. And I just felt like I was a number that day. He had to do you know, six in persons today. I was just a call. He didn't know who I was. If I had any kids, if what was important to me, who my, what my profile was, yeah. um, like, you know, talking about disc profiles and things like that. Cause I yeah. knew what his was as soon as he walked in the door um, yeah. and it didn't match mine. And so, uh, which is okay, but you just, you, it's so cold and um, not genuine. Mm -hmm. It's just not genuine. The yeah. little things matter, the really yes. small little things. And that's the best. But like you said, it doesn't have to be a CRM. It could be a spreadsheet. Yeah. Um, you know, these small things that we can do that make a big difference. Yeah. It's the, it's the notes on the back of the business card. Like this is something I learned a hundred years ago and it was, you meet somebody right at a networking event or wherever you are. And 
you have a little conversation. There's something, there's some nugget of something that you learn about that person that's beyond just who are they? What do they do? What could they do for you? And you put that down like, oh, they're taking a trip to Mexico next week or their daughter's graduating or whatever it is. You'll remember it because you just wrote it down. So that already is a win. And then you can bring it back up the next time you see them. And your follow-up can be, hey, I hope that trip was great. I wanted to wait till you got back. How are things? Or how's the graduation stress going? It's very easy to kind of just take the time. And I, I think the best way that we can reflect on that is when you go to the doctor's office. All of us have had this experience where you're sitting in the doctor's office, your file's outside hanging on the door, and they come in, they haven't read it, they don't know who you are, they don't know any of your problem, despite the fact that you filled out 9,000 forms. And if somebody takes the time to walk in and be like, hey, Sam, it's so great to meet you. How are things going? I see here that you had your surgery on X date, and you were having a little bit of a complaint with this the last time we saw you. Has that gotten better? Yes, please. Instead of, so tell me again why you're here. Dude, you have a file this thick like that. Come on. Right. And it's, and it's the same in business, right? Bedside manner, that kind of concept. If you think of your best experiences in those ways and try and figure out how can I, how can I build that into the very bones of my business will make a big difference. Yeah. The relationship building, right. Mm -hmm. And all those pieces. And I think too, and you're familiar with disc profiles. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So the I and the S, the influence and the steadiness, those relationships come pretty naturally to them. Like they're, (laughs) they're into the banter, right? That's, but the D profiles dominance and the C conscientiousness, you're going to have to make an intentional effort to make small talk and to remember the stuff. Yeah. It's not easy for everybody, right? It doesn't come second nature. Yeah. So, so kind of building the E quick Q in those areas are really important. Well, let's talk about too is uh, with self-awareness and talking about you as a person and then how to sell to people who are different than you, you know, because yeah. So talk to me a little bit. Does that come up for you? Do you see that in your training with people where they're like, oh gosh, I feel like I was missing the mark with them or what happens there? It's interesting you say that. I feel like often clients don't recognize that they've missed them or, or that the mark was there to take and they, they missed it. I think that's, and I mean, that talks about the EQ right there, right? Is the, the concept of how do I spend enough time and effort in the prep work of something? And that doesn't have to be hours and hours. Nobody has time for that, but, but that spending a minute to go, okay, how am I going to approach this person? And then reflection. So these are the two things I think is you need a minute to think about what you're going to do with this client, how you're going to approach them, what the conversation is going to be. And then even more importantly is the reflection upon the close of that conversation to say, how did it go? Where did I stumble? Why did I stumble? And I think those are the two pieces where we, we don't reflect often enough. So that's where I often will stop my clients and kind of the same as in your leadership role. How is this actually you and not the deflection and the blaming of other people. Like they just didn't get it. They didn't understand. They don't really have enough money. They're not the right fit. Are those things actually true? Or is that just a reason we're giving ourselves for the fact that we weren't successful? And it was actually because they didn't feel safe 
to take the next step with you for whatever reason that is. Yeah, that self-reflection piece can be the hardest piece, especially yeah. afterward when you just want to blame the client. Oh, well, they didn't understand. They don't understand the value of what I offer or oh, they just don't have money, blah, 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 and that. And when yeah. you turn that finger around and look at yourself, almost like in healthy, I do um, healthy conflict formulas, uh, training to clients where it's like, before you approach someone is to kind of self-reflect. And one is, what was my part in this? Yeah, always. What was my part in this? Mm-hmm. And you really have to be vulnerable, which is not always easy and humble. But again, great leaders are open with being humble and they're yeah. open with asking for help. Um, to ask for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Great strength. Absolutely. And yeah. 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 So what would suggestion was people who are, maybe there's some people who are just starting out in sales and they're like, oh my gosh, how do I build trust? I don't even know who I am. Uh, How am I supposed to know what someone else needs? Like, what are some suggestions? Like step one for people who are just starting out in sales. Okay. I think, I think the number one thing would be to try and take the pressure off yourself to do it exactly correctly every time, right? Be okay with being at the beginning. Be okay with the fact that you're going to go into a situation where you think it's a done deal and you're going to walk away like what just happened? That feels terrible, right? It It is inevitable. There is no way to get better at sales then stumbling around and messing up sales conversations and just having to deal with the repercussions of you tripping and falling and kind of making a fool of yourself. And I just, the one memory of me doing that is a hundred years ago, again, like back with the dinosaurs, I was in a financial planning role and I was meeting with like a really big potential client. I was so excited. And I had a new fountain pen. So first thing, don't ever use a fountain pen, guys. Just don't do it. It looks pretty. It's a bad idea. And I was nervous. And so I took the pen and I was doing this. Oh, no. Anybody who's had a fountain pen before can realize that I sprayed ink all over, all over the client, (laughs) all over his (laughs) office wall, all over the contracts I was trying to get this guy to to sign. Oh, God. (laughs) And it's just like, first off, The joy of making a fool of yourself in sales is that it creates rapport because immediately the client is like, oh, she's as big of an idiot as I am sometimes. (laughs) Perfect. And that creates that instant like, well, that, you know, could it get you kicked out of somebody's office? Absolutely. Did it in that circumstance for me? Luckily not. He was very gracious and very understanding and I'm sure had a good laugh later on when I left. Um, But it, it is knowing that that's the case. Like, let it be awkward. Let Don't hold yourself to a standard of as if you can control all those pieces because then you turn into a robot, right? You're trying to like manage all of the pieces. So just don't take a fountain pen and, and just let it be okay. And, and the, it's about the numbers, right? At the beginning of your sales career, no matter what you're doing, it is about the number of conversations that you have until you get that comfort level. And there's just no, there's no fast tracking that. It is just a matter of conversation after conversation after conversation, and you will slide into a higher comfort zone as you go. Yeah, no, that's great. Words of advice, um, in addition to the no fountain pen, 
uh, they do look very fancy. I've written with them. Like, so why pretty. isn't this writing? And then when it writes like, oh my God, that's a lot of ink. No, <laughs> and don't write with a feather. Super weird. Um, <laughs> but no, that's that's great advice. Um, and I think too is, is that I always say be messy. Yeah. Yeah, be messy and mess up and then laugh about it with them because then they're gonna be like, oh, she's she's human too. Yeah. You know, she's human too. We can laugh about it. Something to talk about later. And I mean, I used to build out scripts. I still have some clients that do want a script for an opener, but I always yeah, say, like, let's make this into bullets. And as you get more and more comfortable, you'll just, you won't even need anything, but yeah. let's start with the script to start. But what I have seen people who just can't release that script, they do sound like a robot. And so we're mm -hmm. trying to, how, how can we, how can we riff and make this you right. And make this more comfortable because at the end of the day, we all just, we all want, we all want to be comfortable. We all want to feel confident. Yeah. We all want to feel confident. So, and you're right, but just like Malcolm, is it Malcolm Gladwell that said was the 10,000 hours to be an expert in something? I think it was him. You have to look it up. I know like, you know, they talk about Tony Robbins. Oh, he didn't like just was born and was a great speaker. Like he's yeah. done thousands and thousands. He would go to hotels, anyone who would let him free talk about addiction. He started yeah. like talking about addiction and things that for, he's been on stage probably more than on the toilet. So yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you got to practice. You're absolutely right. So yeah. what would you give advice to someone who's a little bit more advanced in sales? Mm -hmm. Sales are flat. They're not converting like they used to. They're like, what is going on? What would you say to those people? Okay, so first thing I want them to do is go back and reflect on what worked in the past, right? And every piece of it, like a dissection of what worked in the past. And then I want a very clear and truthful reflection on, are you still doing those things the same way, right? And it might be that you are, right? The, the response could be, I am doing it exactly the same way and there needs to be a pivot in how you're doing it. But Often we get sloppy, we start cutting corners, we get quicker at what we're doing, and we don't do things the same way that was working. And we don't notice because it kind of just starts to slide a little bit, right? So that's, that's where I would always start is a really deep dive into. And if that's hard, getting somebody to help you from an objective standpoint, walking through, what did I used to do? How did that used to work? Where did my clients used to come from? Am I not retaining clients? That's the other thing is sometimes we see, okay, has your retention number fallen? Is it old clients are leaving and never coming back? Or is it you're not bringing in new, new bodies into your organization? And just reflecting on those pieces, most of the time there's something, that little piece that you've stopped doing. And you just need to be like, oh, easy. I can start doing that again. Usually that's all it takes to at least kind of like restart the engine a little bit. Um, if you find it's not the case and you find, okay, no, I am doing all the same things, but things have radically changed, then it's worth figuring out, even looking at who is your competitor? How are they doing? What else, what is everybody else doing in the industry or everybody else doing in a different industry that is being successful. And now in this day and age, we have so much access to see what people are doing for their marketing. It's not like a closed door meeting with, you know, Coca-Cola or somebody. We can now see, oh, they're promoting like this on Instagram. They're doing these things on LinkedIn. 
what part of that do you want to just give it a go? It's now ex it's experimenting experimentation time, right? You get to try some new new stuff and see what works and be willing to go through the trials of trying something new until you find what works. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm hearing is um, reflecting on, are you really doing the things you used to do at the beginning or as things slid, right? Yeah. And then look at, has the market changed? Are yeah. there new competitors? Are they doing things differently? Is some new technology has come out? Like what's going on? Mm -hmm. um, do you see sometimes, and this would be for more of uh, the entrepreneur, is that they started their business based on referrals and they just yes. had all these hot leads come in and a couple of things happen. One is they burn out their referral partners because they don't take care of their referral. I see that a lot. Yes. I'm like, this person has given you 10 clients. Have you taken them out to dinner? Said, yeah. thank you. Maybe sent them a gift. And they're like, no, I never thought to do that. And I was like, that's why you have no one else coming to you, right? And that's okay not to be harsh with that, but you've got to yeah. take care of referral partners. Do you also see where like they get all these hot leads and then they get people who are cold coming in, but they try and close them? Is this their hot lead, which means there's yes. no process? Have you seen that? Okay. Yeah, I've definitely seen that where it's like, hold on a minute. You can't, it's, it's not, Tom hasn't sent this person over as a like, you absolutely need to coach with Sam. And I can just be like, Perfect. Welcome in. Come on in. Yep. Let's sign the agreement. And this new person is like, I mean, can you tell me what the program entails? <laughs> Basic step, like actually walk me through the value yeah. here. How oh, is this helpful for me? Who knows? Right. I just assumed you knew coming in the door. Yeah. I've seen that a number of times. Well, I love that because all of this is it's looking at it objectively. Mm -hmm. Taking a step back, almost like a hawk in the sky, just looking at the lay of the land be a hawk, be a, um, gosh, what is those little airplane things that go up in the air? Wow. A drone. drone. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. Yep. That's what today is like, just like mm -hmm. as I was introducing you. Um, yeah. Like a drone, right. And take a look at your business. Take a look at your sales process. A great way to do that is to hire a coach. And speaking of which, Sam, you've got some stuff coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about what your offerings are and how people can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Profit, no, Crush Profit Coaching. We're doing great today, by the way. Um, crushprofitcoaching.com. I'm drinking so water, by the it, way. It's water. Me too. I promise. Um, so you can find me on the website. Um, but the thing that I've got going on right now is She Profit School. So what I realized in doing this for five years is there is so many business owners out there that start their business on two things, a passion project that they just can't keep ignoring, right? So they start a business to solve that problem or to provide that solution out in the world. Or people who have left their corporate job and they're like, I can do this better. I want to not have a boss anymore. I want to engage in this on my own. And both of those people come usually without any business background. So they are not familiar with how do you do all of the revenue? How do you deal with all of the financials of your business? How do you use those financials to forecast what you should be doing and spending money on in your business? They don't understand or they don't have time to dive into the promotion and the sales strategy that we're talking about. They Automation and delegation is hard because it's, again, something that they just haven't done before. The mindset piece maybe is something that they've touched on in their lives before, but often not in terms of business growth and business development. So Profit School is born out of 
Those are the gaps in the market for the entrepreneur. They don't have those pieces of education that make scaling your business and growing your profitability and doing it without working more hours, right? And without overwhelm and burnout and then going back to get a job, right? We're trying to avoid that altogether. That's why I created Profit School. So it's a group program where there's weekly coaching calls where you get to come and raise your hand and say, this is my disaster this week, please help me. And it allows for both my knowledge to be shared with the client, but also the fact that you're in community with all sorts of other women that are in that position too. And you get to lean on them, whether they're in your industry or in different industries, that is available to you. So Profit School is, it's kind of open for business and we've got clients in there now. And it is a place if you're struggling with the backside of the business and you know that's the thing that's keeping you from being more profitable, it's where you need to be, period. I love that. That's awesome. So there's a She Profit School. This is a group program. And then you also yeah. do master classes, right? Yeah. So I also do, well, I also do the one-on-one coaching. So that's <laughs> where you're going to get my hands way more in your business. So I'm going to have an exact idea of what your, what your everything looks like, right? And be able to help you grow and develop and change and scale your business beyond where you are right now. So if you're in a plateau, I can help. If you're at the beginning, but you're like, I'm not doing this on my own from the day one, I'm going to jump right in. That's that's where I help too. Or if you're just at that scaling piece where you're like, well, I've done it up till here and I don't know how to get to the next stage. There we go. I can be your wing woman and help you get over a lot of those hurdles without having to just DIY it yourself. I love it. You're like, um, come into my closet and take everything out that I shouldn't be wearing anymore and be like, okay, you need this instead and then throw all this out. Yeah. <laughs> I read someone do that. Yes. I, I have had somebody do that. It was the best thing ever because you know what you can't see, what you can't see. Right. Exactly. And some stuff I'd look in my closet, I'm like, I, you know, the one shirt you keep passing over again and again, you're like, I hate wearing this. This does not make me feel great. Why is it still there? We have yeah. those things in our business too. Absolutely. Or just like, whatever. It just works, I guess, kind of not really. And I'll just leave. This is a sequence and I don't know if it works or not, you know, email sequence. We'll yeah. Happens, but I love yeah. it. Sam, this has been awesome. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I can't wait for like round three and four, but yeah, we'll get jackets. <laughs> Lots of jackets. All right. And thank you everyone for listening today. I appreciate you and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to this conversation. I'm Jamie Rowe with Look What She Built, the one and only podcast that celebrates the brave, bold, and badass women who are doing business their way and telling us about it. Until next time, go show the world what an iconic woman looks like. Please share this with three women because we all need to share positive messages in the world. And if you want to learn more, please connect with me on social at Impact to Income.